it's Edgar. And welcome back to the Minority Report 2018, 2018. <laughs> We're back. Happy New Year, Happy everyone. New Year. <laughs> Although it's already been the new year for a while. But I know. We're, we're just recording. Uh, but just in case you forgot, yes. we're back from the break. We're, we're back from vacation. We're yes. back from regrets. Uh, regrets? <laughs> oh, no. I had some regrets. Um, in case you forgot, we are a podcast about news, politics, and culture by people of color. Yes. Please listen to us. You you are if you're listening to this. <laughs> yeah. But please share. Yeah. Please share our podcast out. Please, please listen. Please. please share. Please follow us on all of the things. Yes. At Minority Pod. Um, everywhere except Facebook where we are the whole thing. The Minority Report Podcast. And yes. you can uh, find us anywhere you listen to podcasts, except for Spotify, because it's like really hard for podcasts to get on Spotify. To, on Spotify. We, uh, to be honest, we just gave up on Spotify. We kind of, yeah, we kind of <laughs> gave up. Whatever, who cares? We're like, we're on iTunes, it's fine. Yeah, so yeah. 2018, uh, new show, 2018, new podcast, new year, new show, no, I'm joking. New, <laughs> new, new us. New year, new yeah. us. Yeah. yeah, new us. No, very cool, very cool. Um, we're not going to... Uh, you know, bore y'all with our New Year's resolutions. I'm being realistic this year, hopefully. Uh, Didn't we already bore them with New Year's resolutions? We, yeah. No, we sure or, did. We sure did. I don't know. I don't no, we, we sure did. <laughs> we sure did. So we won't, again, we're actually just going to go straight into, uh, back into it. We're just going to. A gonna, lot of, ha- yeah. like, yeah. a lot as, has happened. As always, we took off and then the world blew up a yeah. little bit. I know. So it's, there it's, was a bomb cyclone in New York. The, the, year, the year is 10 days old, y'all, and already so much has happened. So we're going to just jump in and talk about it. Um, but probably one of the biggest news stories this uh, early this year yeah. was... At, on the day yeah. of the new year, yeah, right? Yeah. Was... right on the new year. So um, Logan Paul... Logan Paul. Famous Viner turned YouTuber... Yes. Slash blogger. Yeah. Um, posted a... A video of him going to Japan with his buddies um, and investigate or just visiting the suicide force, the yes. famous suicide force in Japan. And he was like, just meant the original intent was to make a spooky video, but he and the crew just ended up um, crossing a dead body, an actual dead body hanging from the ropes. Yeah, yeah someone from who had tree, yeah. passed. And he was like, um, they just continued filming and decided to post it on YouTube. But um, he said that he wasn't going to do it for money, but wanted to raise awareness for suicide. But in the video, he actually jokes a lot about it. Yeah, he's he's laughing a lot. It, he does the whole like yeah. this daily vlog life, man. He goes like real close up to the body. Yeah, like. it, it it was it, like complete insanity when you watch just clips of it. I've not seen the actual yeah. video because I've only been able to see clips that people have posted. And even if the video were still up, that's not something yeah, I would I'm not just gonna, go yeah. seek out or watch. Um, yeah. But this was a huge controversy. And when like Edgar told us about it, like, I had no idea, and I was like. Just like felt this pit in my stomach that yeah. I don't want to see this. But yeah, it, it's it's real dark and, it, and like, like he monetized yeah. the video. Like it, it really speaks to a lot of the darkness. Um, it just in online culture that we've sort of touched on. We've actually done an episode on YouTube and dark aspects yeah. of YouTube when we talked about the alt right movement. Yeah, in, uh, on YouTube. So go listen to that episode because we're gonna touch on a lot of similar things, uh, um, especially later on when we discuss how something like this could even happen yeah. or occur 
Um, but if you want a little more info on that side of YouTube, go check out that episode. Um, but yeah, so what actually yeah. happened? So Logan Paul, like Stanley said, uploaded this totally tasteless and horrible and just just terrible video, and it was online for hours, um, and it actually became trending. It was number ten on YouTube for a long time before anyone did anything. And it actually got, I think, over half a million likes uh, before like anyone even noticed that there is a video of a, 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 like a dead body. Like uncontested, yeah. oh. like... Just like blind just, yeah. Yeah, likes. Just okay. blind likes, uh, uh, especially... And, and so whenever... It, I don't know how many people uh, who listen to us are like big on YouTube, like love YouTube and watch a lot of YouTube, but there's like... If you follow a particular YouTuber, when they upload a video... It's usually, like, the hardcore fans who go to that video first. Like, they have a notification. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, half a million, like, Logan Paul hardcore fans saw this, saw everything, and still liked the video. And that's what's actually pretty damn disturbing. But what's also disturbing was that the video was up for so long before anyone did anything or mm-hmm. decided to react. But when they did react, they reacted swiftly. I mean, the condemnation on Logan Paul was huge. Like, people just came out. Um, some of YouTube's biggest names and stars and creators also came out and condemned Logan Paul for uh, uploading this video and these actions. Uh, but what was really uh, sort of disturbing was uh, YouTube, the platforms in action at the time. Not only did the video reach number 10 on trending and nobody at YouTube thought to, oh, maybe we should look into this because this doesn't look good. Like it had a very clickbaity title. It was like in suicide, found dead body in suicide forest. And, and the title and said not clickbait. Not clickbait. Yeah. And, and there's then, a thumbnail. The, of the thumbnail, the thumbnail of was the, the guy. Person. Of the person who passed away yeah. who died. It was just, just so just disgusting and terrible that this like was allowed to happen for so long. Um, and I, I just... I actually, I'm lucky enough that I didn't get to see it on my feed or whatever. I forgot what I was doing that day. Um, but I, I, if I would have seen it, like, I, I'm trying to think what would I have done immediately. But people came out uh, um, and, and totally denounced Logan Paul for it. And he um, initially just released, like, a really weak apology on Twitter. He did, like, uh, one of those iOS press releases that's like, oh. Yeah, he took know. the video down and then... No, he didn't. Well, yes. So he was like, I'm sorry uh, if, like, he pretty much was like, I didn't do this for views. I thought I could uh, promote a positive message. I just mishandled the situation. Um, and it's, and Olivia <laughs> noted that he took the video down. He took the video down. Yeah. You YouTube didn't take it did down. not take the video down. <laughs> Logan Paul took the video down. Um, of course the backlash still continued and he later, uh, um, actually released the video and said he would be taking a prolonged break from YouTube. Um, YouTube still did not really do anything. Um, after a bunch of backlash, they finally said, okay, we're going to give him a strike. Um, if anyone knows what that is, it's like pretty detrimental to smaller YouTube channels. If you get a strike, if you get three strikes, you're pretty, you're, yeah. cha- you're yeah. out, your channel's dead. Uh, but when someone like Logan Paul, who has 15 million followers, who's from like a super fi- famous vlogging family, like his brother, Jake Paul, and both his parents too, by the way, oh. are big on the internet. Yeah. Um, like a strike does not do much for him. And actually, uh, Logan Paul's father was actually out there saying that Logan Paul would be back soon. Uh, stronger than ever like really that's like a really shitty fucked up family let's yeah. just be honest really what is that <laughs> messed up shit right there <laughs> um but there was so much backlash that actually just before we started recording youtube 
um, finally announced that they have decided to take further action against Logan Paul and they have removed his Google ad re uh, um, contract, which uh, was very lucrative for him and for a lot of YouTubers. Whenever you become huge and you get that ad contract, you get a lot of money mm -hmm. um, because advertisers want to advertise on your videos because you reach 15 million people. <laughs> like That's awesome. So um, that was taken away from him. And also he was in the process of starring in a YouTube Red show. And I think he was like, uh, um, he had some YouTube Red projects that YouTube has effectively just ended, put on hold and ended. Okay. Um, that's uh, kind. Of, that's kind of significant. We'll get into yeah. how we feel about that and the consequences in a little bit. But um, toxic YouTube. How did this happen, Olivia? Why did <laughs> this happen? What's going on? I mean, I think if you've seen YouTube from like way beginning '05 right. to right now, prank videos have always been like a big part mm -hmm. of YouTube. Um, and with the influx of a lot of Viners losing their platform and coming to YouTube, right. it's only increased. It's, we talked about this on our alt-right episode, um, where we talked about YouTube and the alt-right, but a lot of sort of unsavory groups right. will gather to YouTube because it's an, it's an open platform. Right. And, and they're owned by one of the most like quote unquote open companies, Google, exactly. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, and that's, I mean, honestly, that's that's really the crux of it. When they, basically a whole bunch of Viners, you know, I think a phrase got popularized, like, do it for the Vine. Right. So yeah. a lot of that mentality migrated over to YouTube and migrated to YouTube prank videos. This isn't the first time there's been, like, a controversy around a prank video, but I want to keep I want to keep in mind that this wasn't a prank video. This was a daily vlog about yes. them making like a horror video. Right. Mm -hmm. So it was a little bit different, and like even daily vlogging, there's always the sort of pressure for a daily vlogger to make like interesting, interesting content, content mm -hmm. to keep the, because like if you just are there hanging out at home, that's not interesting vlog content. Right. So there's always this pressure to make stuff interesting and mm -hmm. even in the video he says like this daily vlog life man this daily yeah. like the grind they always talk about the grind yeah, yeah like he's talking about the grind instead of really like absorb like i feel like he got to a place where he found this person who had passed away in a forest full of signs and markers and preventative measures because yeah. they know that this happens often. Yes. Which, by the way, they also veered off, like, if you go visit that forest, there is, like, a strict path. You're not supposed to trail, leave yeah. that path because you could find a dead body. Yeah. Yeah, and there, okay. there are volunteers who work day and night mm -hmm. to, like, try to find people to coax them back, to yeah. find um, people who have passed away and inform the families. So... That is, like, really hard taxing work that goes into, you know, into being in that forest. And so they veered off the path. Um, and I can't help but think that the first thing in his head, because of the way he reacted, was, oh, I've hit a gold mine. Yeah. Like, yeah. he, he like, says, like, um, this is the most real vlog yeah. ever. I, like, yeah. Yeah. Like, this is real life or something. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, I mean, there's so much to be said about toxic YouTube culture. And I think this is a part of it where in the thirst to make, you know, money, money and power corrupt in a certain sense. Right. And so I think, like, 
the pressure to be constantly making interesting content if you're a daily vlogger. And coupled with his former mentality of do anything for the vine, right? right? Do anything for the video. I think those two things in concert with each other really led to this video. No sympathy for him because he's an adult man <laughs> yeah. who should have known better. Yeah. Like I hate the real. argument that a lot of his supporters were saying, like, he's just a kid. I'm like, he's a 22-year-old man. <laughs> like, but I think it is important to point out that a majority of his subscribers are, are children. children. Yes, which brings us to the topic of responsibility for yeah. these creators, for people who have huge audiences. Like, it's funny. We think of, like, celebrities, we think of someone like you know, uh, um, Brad Pitt. But when you really think about it, does Brad Pitt have like a following of 15 million people that he reaches every single day? Every single day. He doesn't. Yeah. But someone like Logan Paul does. Like Logan Paul is a hyper celebrity in our world, even though we don't acknowledge it that way because we don't put credibility to his art form or his craft mm -hmm. or whatever. And there, the problem, and his viewership is super young. Like yeah. he, he targets like, boy band like the right. same target audience as like a boy band right right mm -hmm. so it's a bunch of girls who are 11 to 15 16 right. years old right who are watching his videos every single day and some guys too i have family friends who are in elementary school and who are in early high school who watch his videos right like he's a big deal his family's right. a big deal yeah and that's what makes this all the more tragic. And especially because there's like such a vocal minority of people who are still riding hard for him and still supporting him and still championing his actions. Um, and it's like they are desensitized to the point where they don't see it as a big deal. Exactly. Yeah. That's, that's alarming. Up, yeah. And that's uh, this is some Black Mirror shit. Like this, this right yeah, here. Yeah. This toxic. right here is some Black <laughs> yeah. Mirror so, shit. YouTube, toxic YouTube is Black Mirror shit. Uh, how do y'all feel about YouTube's just like complete inaction to the whole thing for the longest time? Like it took them 10 fucking days to finally be like, okay, y'all have yelled at us enough. We're going to do something. I literally cannot believe it took them that long. I cannot yeah. believe that he had to take the video yeah. down. Yeah. They did First not take all, the video down. They didn't take it down. He took it down. And I've seen multiple other YouTubers make videos about, about this. Their videos got age restricted, which means they can't collect ad revenue off right. of it. Yeah. So their videos got age restricted. Even when they were talking about mental health resources, they didn't show any gory content. Right. They... We're basically just talking about the situation and how messed up it was. And it was meant to reach the same audience as Logan Paul's and their videos got age restricted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then it took, it again took YouTube like a day and a half to, you know, get that rectified. Yeah. There is something real weird about those algorithms. Yeah. yeah. And like, <laughs> well, with, it, with the amount of content that's being uploaded per day, like, there's just no way to check it. And we talked. Yeah. We talked about, we this, talked in about our, this on our alt right video. You, you really should check about, but it about, but it boils down to a lot of the times these algorithms are favoring um, videos that bring in money. Um, so whenever, like, you will get demonetized if you talk about politics because that's not going to bring in viewers and yeah. money yeah. and advertisers don't want to be on there. But Logan Paul is super famous. It doesn't matter whatever the fuck. He videos. He's not, yeah. he doesn't have a political exactly. angle. He doesn't have, and like, I want to say some of his prank videos are also really fucked up. Yes. Like, there's one where His videos pretends... in Japan before the Suicide Forest video yeah. are fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's, like, a video where he is in a hotel room overlooking a whole bunch of fans who are watching him, and he pretends to get, like, shot. 
Yeah. Like, so he, that's... What the hell? That's the type yeah. of videos... <laughs> that he makes. That yeah. he makes. Yeah. And apparently he's done, like, similar things when he's gone to... Any foreign country he's gone to, he's done similar things. I've heard stories about him going to Italy and doing a whole bunch of fucked up shit to Italians. Mm. Yeah. Like, it's just not good across the board. This is just... I think this was, like, you know, mm. the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. This was... Again... You just get to a point where you're so desensitized that you come across what is a tragedy. Right. And your first thought is, oh shit, Let's this is great this. for my vlog. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Um, he just seems like he lacks self awareness mm-hmm. about what he does. And the fact that YouTube didn't do anything for so long is ridiculous. It's and, icky. Yeah. Just like who they are actually like championing. You know, like, who are they supporting because they bring in the views. But, yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah. It's unfathomable. It, it is, and it's, like, it makes me question YouTube's business policies and practices because they continually continue, continually continue. They keep hurting their original creators who are doing great things for YouTube but championing people like Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. And it's all, you know, I, I hate to be that guy who's, like, it's all about the money. But it, when you see stuff like this, you can't help but think it. Capitalism's a bitch, y'all. Exactly. And, and I, it's, like... And I, I read somewhere that when he posted that video that he gained like 5 million subscribers. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm sure. A lot. Yeah I, yeah, I saw a lot of headlines that were like, this is not the end of Logan Paul. His career just got bigger. Yeah. And I was like, fuck, that sucks. Yeah, I mean, you there is that there is that old turn of phrase, like, no publicity is bad publicity. Right. And yeah. I think this, this shows that, right? Like, yeah. I, again, I think there is rampant desensitiz- desensitization to... You know, things that are, like, really tragic and really triggering. And mm-hmm. that's the other thing. He doesn't ha- He didn't have, like... The fact that he put the individual in his thumbnail... Yeah. Is... I mean... Action speaks loud. Wow. In words. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have no words. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I don't know if he if the the most recent actions by YouTube just now announced will help Logan Paul realize the error of his ways. I just don't. I think he's one of those people that it's like this is like Black Mirror, and he's so far gone into yeah. this vlogger and Vine mindset that it might, he may not be redeemable or yeah. recoverable. I don't wish that for him. I, like as any human, obviously, I wish him to change and mature, and mature, grow up, but... especially because he has 15 million people yeah. that he can affect, and maybe he can do this for the better. Casey Neistat, a huge YouTuber, actually um, posted on Twitter and reached out to uh, Logan Paul and said, "Use this moment, your lowest point, to rectify what you did. Give resources to suicide awareness. Make a point to uh, actually change your viewers' minds and see if you can do something with it." Um, I don't know if he'll take that advice, but I think that's great. It, I mean, what else can you do at this point, right? Yeah. yeah. I just don't know. It's just tragic stuff. Really icky, terrible stuff to start the year off. Jesus Christ. Happy New Year. Yeah. Happy Everything New is year. still terrible. Yes. Um, and also, just a quick uh, note for uh, any white listeners we may have who want to visit foreign countries, be respectful. Jesus Please. Christ. Oh my culture. God. Yeah. God yeah. damn. It's not that hard. Like, just be respectful of where you're visiting and the people around you. Uh, please, please, please do not be like Logan Paul. Um, <laughs> Do some research before you like go to a place. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. He like he had, he just showed up. He had like no idea that you couldn't go off this path and you could do this. And he like he thought it was like 
he honestly didn't realize that he would find a dead body. Like, whenever you see parts of the earlier video, he really thinks he is just going to this, like, haunted haunted house house type place. And it's like, no, this is a real place where people die. Like, this is no joking matter. Um, Really fucked up. Anyways, okay. What a way to start off the year with a Logan Paul story. And from one (laughs) fucked up individual with weird blonde hair to another fucked (laughs) up individual with weird blonde hair. Yes. Orange, orange, orange orange blondish hair. Orange blondish hair. Of course, it would not be... The human Cheeto himself. Yes, it would not be a Minority Report podcast if we did not (laughs) mention Donald Trump at least once. Oh my God. Um, So much has happened, in fact, in this early part of the year. Uh, Like how? (laughs) Like so much with Donald Trump has happened <laughs> that we have to do a rapid fire of all the crazy ass shit that has happened with Donald Trump. I think the first big news story that broke or really not, not really a news story but big thing that happened was the release of the book Fire and Fury by Michael Wolf. Um, I've actually had the chance to read uh, a large majority of this book. I'm actually still going through it and hope to finish it pretty soon. Um, I don't know if either of you have had a chance to read or read the excerpts. I read uh, the uh, New York Mag New York, excerpt. Or yeah. the Hollywood Times. Yeah, there was Hollywood a bunch of publications that posted excerpts of it. But sort of the big news with that was that... Um, you know, we got this inside look at the Donald, like the early, the not really early, but the early days and also like nine months of Donald Trump's administration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's kind of hilarious that this book even got written. Uh, Michael Wolf's this like really sleazy author, or, or columnist from New York who gets yeah. away with a lot of stuff. And he went to the White House and was like, hey, I want to write this book. And uh, people were like, yeah, okay, because no one knew who was in charge. Mm-hmm. So he just stayed at the White House for nine months and got like to over like 300 interviews yeah. with all these people. Like when he talks about the book, he's like, he says, I had a semi-permanent place on a couch yeah. in the yeah. White House. In the White yeah. House. <laughs> and no one said, like, no, apparently no one in the Trump White House knew how off the record worked or how like talking to a journalist Because of course they didn't. Because they didn't. And like he has tapes of like most of his interviews. Like it became a huge thing. Yeah, the receipt like he says some pretty like damaging stuff there's some uh, wild he has all the receipts yes he has (laughs) some wild out there stuff and uh, we're not going to get into too many details of the book because we've talked about it because this is stuff that we have actually kind of known Uh, but it's interesting to see sort of the inside view of what was happening when a lot of this was going on it's a fly on the wall yeah exactly fly on the wall type and there's been so much backlash yes and of course Donald Trump came out and condemned the book but what's really interesting is that a lot of people who were quoted are not like saying oh I was misquoted because like Michael Wolf can just say oh I have a tape I literally have a tape (laughs) of what you said most famously is uh, Steve Bannon of course who was just fired because of the quotes in this book uh, he called uh, Donald Trump Jr.'s meeting with Russians in uh, Trump Tower treasonous. He just badmouthed the Trump family um, quite a bit. Uh, uh, just in the little like parts of the book that I've read, he's like really gone after the Trump family. Like you can tell, he was not uh, like he was using Donald Trump as a tool for his message and his viewpoint yeah. as a puppet. Really, uh, he really had no allegiance to Donald Trump himself, who he most likely thought was an idiot. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah basically. So, yeah. so that's just wild stuff. So Steve Bannon was fired from Breitbart because of these quotes. And One these... sweet point of retribution. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Which, by the way, like, uh, uh, you played yourself, Steve Bannon. I mean, like, yeah, you but dumb, like, for real, Like, though. you are dumb as fuck. Like, you did this to yourself. This did not need to happen, and you did this to yourself. Um, but yeah, so um, moving on, 
it wasn't just this all tell all of the book, although we got some great moments from that, including the stable genius tweet. Oh, Donald Trump, come Juicy. on. Juicy. Yeah. And I'm like really smart. <laughs> and I'm like really I'm smart. I'm like a genius, you guys. <laughs> so the other sort of big news story that broke was that uh, Mueller's team is looking into preparing an interview with Donald Trump himself. Dun, dun, dun. Uh, experts say if he's gearing up for this, that mostly means they're like 70 to 80% done with mm. the investigation. Because they're going to interview the yeah. key witness um, what's also really interesting about this is that uh, the Donald Trump team is looking for ways to get out of an actual in-person interview. Which, by the way, if you're not guilty of collusion or anything, what's the problem with doing an interview? Like, wouldn't you want to get it out of the way? Yeah, because <laughs> like, there is a problem. Because apparently there's there a problem. Is, yeah. There's a problem. We all know. Yes. Yeah. We all oh, know. Exactly. <laughs> they even know themselves. Yeah. Know. Like, so they're looking at ways of doing Like, the like, fact that even Donald Trump knows know. means it's bad. It's bad. And it's like... It's it seems like the walls are closing in. Uh, so he wants, uh, apparently Donald Trump wants to write in a, a, a written affidavit, a signed affidavit. Yeah, which is so like, that lawyers who are smarter than him can look at it first. It's like, <laughs> yes, because that will really convince America you are not guilty of this. Uh, but speaking of all that in the Mueller investigation in Russia and all the things, uh, probably one of the biggest news stories from last year was the Steele dossier. Um, that had some pretty salacious and uh, interesting things about Donald Trump. And what's actually really crazy is that with it, all of 2017, a lot of it, um, some people argue that most of the dossier has been confirmed uh, mm. by various different sources. Um, hey. Yeah, crazy. So the uh, co- like the uh, a company that actually conducted the um, dossier um, uh, or hired Christopher Steele, the ex-British spy, to conduct the dossier, uh, Fusion GPS, the founder, had a hearing with uh, the Senate Intelligence Committee about this, um, who are investigating the Russia collusion and Russia intervention with our election. And they um, had a closed door. They had a closed door uh, um, <laughs> a hearing, and Republicans did not want this hearing out there in the world. Fusion uh, GPS did, though. They've been saying for a while that you need to release the transcripts. You need to release the transcripts. Um, so, a uh, Democrat, um, Senator, uh, um, De- uh, Dion, uh, De- I can't, Diane uh. Feinstein, Senator Diane Feinstein, uh, was like, you know what, fuck this noise, and went ahead yeah. and just released yeah. the transcript one afternoon. Mic drop. Yes, mic drop. <laughs> and, uh, just very quick side note, she did it just before having a meeting with Donald Trump himself. Damn. <laughs> Donald Trump had no idea during the meeting because he was in the meeting. Uh, which is baller move. Amazing. Um, and real quick about that meeting, it was about DACA. Of course, a lot is happening with DACA. We will get back to DACA and discuss it further in depth because a lot is happening. Actually, just today, news broke out that uh, a federal judge in San Francisco is um, not allowing Donald Trump to rescind DACA and that they must maintain protection as this goes to court. So, lots of crazy stuff with this. Also, Donald Trump is an idiot and agreed to a clean DACA bill without even realizing what a clean DACA bill is during that meeting. It's hilarious. Donald Trump, what are you doing? There's video (laughs) footage of that. Yeah, yeah, he's an idiot. Whatever. Uh, So, we will return and talk about DACA uh, um, in a later episode. But anyway, so, uh, the release of... Uh, just to really sum it up, the release of this do- or not this dossier, we've actually had the dossier already, but this transcript of the hearing is pretty big because it confirms something that um, a lot of people have alleged to already know and that Republicans have said is not true, 
which is that the FBI had its own independent investigation on Donald Trump in collusion way before uh, uh, Steele hmm. came to them uh, with his findings. Uh, which, what's also interesting is that Steele was like, holy shit, I just discovered all this crazy stuff about Russia and their intervention into our U.S., uh, uh, into the U.S. election. I want to go to the FBI. Yet Donald Trump had Russian like agents come to him and they decided not to go to the FBI. Okay, great. Whatever. Um Real good luck. Real good luck. Um, and finally, the big sort of news story today is that um, Mueller has hired a cyber prosecutor prosecutor on his team. About so, time. About time. It kind of a lot of people are saying we, we are looking at the end game, that the the chess, the four D chess that everyone's playing. That we're looking at sort of the final moves here. Um, maybe not anytime soon, but um, something's happening and they're aligning to do something. How do we feel about this? We've talked about this forever, but yeah, but um, this is interesting. This is new. I'm not sure what that. What does that mean, a cyber prosecutor? So, so, so this would be someone who looks into uh, crime, like hacking crimes okay. and crimes done on um, the internet or a computer. Okay. Um, so, if you can't allege, if you can't prosecute someone for collusion, you can prosecute them for um, hacking or for no, okay. or looking at knowable, hackable, hackable information or whatever. Um, I don't know. How do you feel if you about all yeah. this? I was having this conversation with a friend the other day, and it really depends on. When a all all of the chess pieces are laid out on the table, right? Like all of the puzzle pieces are laid out, and we get a full picture. Right. So it depends on when that happens, and if and when an indictment happens, right? Right. Really depends on the time of year because it's an election year. Yeah. So if it happens, like I will, I'd say within the next couple of months, and Republicans sit on it and don't do don't force Donald Trump to resign or depending on how big the crime is, then it could, it could be really bad for them in the 2018 midterms. But if it happens in like August, they can just sit on it until, um, you know, until the election cycle is over and then just have Democrats do all the dirty work. So it really depends. I was actually talking to Connor about this, (laughs) but it really depends on when, when all the chips are out and when, when we get to see everything, hopefully it's sooner rather than later. Cause I think all of us are kind of clamoring for like the, for an entire picture to be painted for us. And we like right now we just have bits and pieces of the puzzle and we want to see the whole thing. Right. So I'm interested to see what Mueller's camp releases. Yeah, we'll we'll see this. It's a, it's been just like a lot of waiting and seeing what happens. In... Yeah, I mean, this actually went quicker than I thought it was gonna go. It's um, been going quicker. I think that's like the common theme is we're like, oh, it'll take a while, and it's like, oh wait, now they've had this huge breakthrough. Yeah. Now this, now that, and um, that just shows you how poorly they hid. Yeah, they shit <laughs> exactly. And like the release of this Fire and Fury book and all this like going on, just sort of paints this picture of the trump administration as this like just completely competent yeah like terrible system and they have no idea what they're doing and they're just like getting by uh uh, like (laughs) just like barely surviving in like any moment they could be taken out um even steve bannon in the book says he like gives donald trump a 30 percent chance of being impeached a 30 percent chance of him resigning and a 30 percent chance of 
uh, people using the 25th Amendment to remove him. Like, even Steve Bannon does not think Donald Trump will finish uh, his term. But um, anyways, that has been our political sort of segment. Donald Trump, quick, rapid fire, a lot going on. We didn't even mention uh, North Korea and all that going on. There's just a lot. It's too much. much. It is too much. Of course, that's something that we will continue to talk about. But um, that has been... Uh, the first 10 days of 2018 with Donald Trump as our president. Um, when we return, we're going to talk about some culture stuff, including um, maybe a potential uh, um, threat to Donald Trump in 2020. <laughs> okay. <laughs> And we're back. Yes. All right. So I want to talk to you guys about H&M. H&M. Do you all shop at H&M? Yes. I have clothing from H&M. I sure do. <laughs> As almost everyone I, in the world, everyone literally. Everyone has clothes from H&M, but they got a lot of heat recently. Yes, they did. For something really blatantly racist, and I don't know how. And terrible and this stupid. went through multiple people, and nobody, nobody raised their hand and was like, hey, this is really racist. Because literally everyone they hire is white, probably. Let's <sighs> be real. <laughs> Moving so, on. So, <laughs> H&M has a children's clothing line, yes. and they recently released pictures mm-hmm. of these adorable boys in hoodies, but one caught a lot of flack in particular. Yes. Um, it was of a black child wearing a hoodie that said coolest monkey in the jungle which um and if you know anything about race relations and you know <laughs> history in the u.s just anything yeah. just like really anything if you've like lived, lived. in the u.s yes. at all um that is a very racist thing to it, yes just Make happen. Yeah. Completely and utterly inappropriate. Completely and utterly inappropriate. And the big, like, there's, there are lots of big issues. There are, there were other hoodies that this child could have modeled. Yes. (laughs) Yes. Um, I want to point that out because it's not like there was this one hoodie. There was another hoodie, um, that a white child was modeling that said jungle survival expert, which also has its own, like, weird connotations as well. Um, but there were other hoodies this child could have modeled. Putting a black child in a hoodie that says coolest monkey in the jungle. So stupid. And this had to pass through so many people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> or we, we would hope it has to pass through so many people. Yeah. But you would hope. That's just terrible. Um, H&M has apologized. They claimed it was an oversight. They are pulling the picture and mm. the hoodie. Yes. So they're just pulling it all. Yeah. Yeah, this um, whole jungle... Th- Thing, yeah, theme. Like, it should just yeah. yeah what were not, they thinking? Like, let's let's good. explore the jungle, y'all. Nope, nope, <laughs> just cancel. Like, it's, it's honestly fine if you explore the jungle. You could have called him like a lemur, or like. Right? <laughs> I wouldn't even play with it, y'all. Um, like, I, I mean, wouldn't yeah, even you're right, like, you're right. deal with it at all. Yeah, like I mean, maybe any... put a freaking picture of a panther. There you go, jungle, like a jungle tree, like whatever a tree. Yeah, put a picture of a tree. Yeah. don't like use. <laughs> Why were you using those words in a sentence together? (laughs) Who's like the designer of this? Like, I wonder, they're probably like, what the fuck did you do? I was not imagining this being used on a black child. Which that brings up its own fucked up things. It's just like how unaware H&M was of this whole thing. Yeah, I I mean, I also honestly wonder like the divisions between like, because H&M is a European brand. So the 
the divisions between like the European brand versus their US brand. Right. But somebody had to see this. Yeah. And like this had to go through multiple people and multiple people had to be like, yep, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Or maybe it was like they were having uh, to take pictures of many uh, different clothing that there's like, okay, just just run them through, you know. And like, they chose that yeah. picture. Yeah. They yeah. chose that one. Yeah. I, I mean, and I could also see it being a situation where a lot of people were like, you know, feel like, oh, maybe this is not okay, but they weren't in a position at H&M just where they could it, even yeah. say it. Yeah. Um, and, and that could totally happen, especially at somewhere like a European company. Um, I don't know. This is why you hire black people in leadership roles yeah. in any industry, really. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> because yeah. y'all keep being racist. And, do and like, you you keep doing it. Dumb shit like this. Dumb so, shit. Yeah, so uh, 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 the backlash was uh, uh, pretty swift and great. You had people like LeBron James post a picture of the little boy, and they photoshopped the text out and put a crown and said he's a king, mm. future king, which was very... Uh, 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 very good and, and like an inspiration yeah. for people um and also like you have artists who are directly linked with h&m like the weekend mm-hmm. going you know what fuck h&m i'm out which is completely <laughs> just like, I- on twitter by the way like i wish i was that big and awesome in my life where i can just end a business you can deal end on a- twitter <laughs> like, yes fuck, fuck y'all h&m i'm out that was awesome uh but h&m deserves all the backlash that they're getting oh yeah i mean this will this is something you know this happens in fashion a lot it's happened to abercrombie and fitch it's happened to a lot of players and at the end of the day, it won't affect them that much because they're oh, such no. a large yeah. global still... institution. Um, but we should call it out when we see it. And they should be shamed. And they do need a mark on their name because this is stupid as fuck and it should not have happened. Definitely. There we go. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Just like some common sense. Yeah. Common yeah. sense, people. Come on. Come it's on. 18. Come on. <laughs> The fact that we're still going through all this. Yeah, yeah. I just, so I can't believe that this was a thing that actually happened. Yeah. Um, but moving on. Yes. Something talk, positive. Let's, let's talk about some excellence here. Yeah, yeah some positivity. Let's talk world. about the Ava DuVernay directed Jay-Z music video. Yes. For Family Feud. Yes. Literally had everybody in it. We just watched yeah. it. <laughs> yes, literally everyone who's anybody is in this video pretty much. So, so many Ava stars. <laughs> yeah. Like, literally everyone yeah. Ava DuVernay has ever yeah. worked with. Yes, or knows. Let's see. <laughs> Je- knows. Jessica Chastain, Danny yeah. Newton, Mindy Kaling, Michael B. Jordan, Trevante Rhodes, Rosario Dawson, um, David Oyolo. It's a lot of people. Yeah. It's yeah. America Ferrera. I didn't know that she was. I, I missed her. I yeah, they're like, yeah, you're like, yeah. oh, they, they were in it? Okay. There's a lot of people. Everyone. Yeah. Like, literally every second I was like, oh my God, I love you. I love you. Yes. I love you. Every second. Yeah. Every single second. <laughs> what did you what did you all think of the video? Yeah, so this is the latest in the rollout for the videos for 444, Jay-Z's mm-hmm. uh, latest uh, and acclaimed album, nominated for Album of the Year at the Grammys, which I'm sure we'll talk about when the Grammys come uh, about. Um, this video is amazing. It's uh, so unique and in in innovative in a way that all his videos have been. Uh, for the release of this album, but this one's even more interesting because it's like half narrative short, short film, film yeah. and half music video. Um, and this narrative short film at the beginning tells this like future story and it goes back in time until you get to 
uh, Jay-Z and Blue Ivy, and Blue Ivy actually becomes one of our future presidents, which is pretty great, according okay. to the she video. She becomes the foremother. Yes, the foremother. Who basically, like, reformed the yes. entire U.S. Constitution. Yes. Which, is, which was great, which is a, a table of women who sit down and deci- like yeah. decide to rewrite her uh, Constitution, yeah. which is like, awesome. that makes a lot of fucking sense, yo. <laughs> Come on. It should happen. Yeah, it should happen. Uh, this it's I mean, it's amazing. It's gorgeous. The, it was shot uh, well. Everything about it was great. Beyonce fucking killed it. She's a queen. She's a goddess. She literally plays a priestess in this. Yeah, like, Beyonce's literally just there, yeah. looking heavenly. Yeah. She's she a sings fucking, a few notes, and Be- then she's yes, like, exactly. Beyonce's yeah. the young pope in this. It's just all great, <laughs> amazing. Uh, Jay Z is great. That's one of my favorite songs off the album. Uh, oh yeah, just really, really well done. Uh, Stanley, what did you think? Well, um, I was interested in seeing it because mainly I was like, oh, it's a short film. Yeah, and Ava DuVernay. Yeah, yeah, of course. And all these stars, yeah. Yeah. Um, so um I like I like I would say, okay, obviously I don't know. Um but I like the first half more than the actual like music, music video, video yeah. that comes afterwards. Um because seeing like a futuristic tale with people of color is so unique and f- refreshing. Yes. An image that you don't see ever in a f- yeah, Hollywood at, yeah. at all like yeah exactly yeah so seeing like, like literally ever yeah. yeah so these black people wearing these futuristic like costumes like this is pretty awesome and we, we we'll see like something like that in a wrinkle of time when right. it gets released mm-hmm. right um but um I like Jay-Z's song too like the line the main line that says um I'm blanking out but can you remember it? What, the, are you talking about the... Uh, a fa- like a family... Nobody fe- wins with a yeah, family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's the main I thought line. Uh, the billionaire, I'm cute. No, no, Which is my favorite line on the album. But yes, yeah. yes. Uh, but, nobody wins in a family feud. Yes. yes. Which is such like a strong line because like where we are now... We, yeah. And if, if you watch the video, it starts with the feud and then it yeah. goes back. Oh, it's just... Yeah. Poetic. Yeah. I love There's it. There's so many layers. Yes. But yeah, like we have to just like support each other basically and not fight and... Uh, yeah, yeah it's it's also really interesting because it hints on like the cyclical nature mm-hmm. of yeah. peace and war right and like how that happens overall globally but also like within sort of your microcosm of your family mm-hmm. right. it was great i loved it it was awesome <laughs> yeah everyone go watch it it's finally on youtube it was on title for the longest time uh, th- I have to say, thank you, Jay-Z, for putting these on YouTube. You don't have to, but thank God you do, because now no one's going to watch them on like, Title. Like, yeah. For us poor people. Like us, for us lowly plebeians. Who cannot you know? afford Title. I can't title. afford Netflix, Amazon, Title, Spotify. Yeah. I, like, I can't afford it all. Yes, yeah, so thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, Beyonce still to, uh, to do, like to post his, her music on um on Spotify oh, yeah. and uh, Apple Music, which is great. But Jay-Z's like, I know nobody's gonna about I'm to like- get title for this shit, so here you go. <laughs> Man <laughs> so, of the people right there. So thank you, uh, Jay-Z. Uh, but moving on, yes. And what else happened this weekend, this past weekend, was the Golden Globes. The Golden Globes. Awards. Yes. A.K.A. Oprah announcing her candidacy <laughs> yeah. for 2020. <laughs> Pretty much. Yes. But what's what's interesting about this compared to other Golden Globes um, award shows in the past is that it, it was like airing on the heels of the Me Too movement. Yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. And the whole sexual harassment in, within the film industry and mm-hmm. like the ripples effects. It was the first major award show mm-hmm. after... Me Too, the mm-hmm. movement, and after Harvey, Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein right, right. sort of created this domino effect. Right, yeah. right. So, like, 
I don't think anyone who watched this show was like, oh, I'm interested in seeing who will win, you know, because that wasn't me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I have to admit, I actually did not see yeah. the Golden Globes this year. I didn't watch it. I watched the highlights afterwards. Yeah. yeah. But me, like, I was like, I just want to see this unfold live. Yeah. Yeah. And I was glad because, all right, but whatever. So many great moments. Yeah. yeah. And, like, starting with the monologue by Seth Meyers, um, he just, like, went straight into, like, um, ladies and remaining gentlemen, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, the first line, and he just, like, talks about all this. And, um, yeah, and, but, yeah, the biggest moment that we all want to talk about is Oprah's speech. Yes. Oprah! Because she, she, um, she won, not won, but she was commemorated, yeah, awarded the Cecil B. DeMille Award, which is... A lo- the Lifetime Achievement yeah. Award for the Golden Globes, yes, basically. Yes, pretty much. And everyone, I don't know what I expected, but I think everyone was expecting, like, a regular acceptance speech. It's usually, like, five to ten minutes long from different, right. from people in the past, um, last year was actually Meryl Streep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when Oprah talked, she was basically, it felt like a politician speech. Yes. I mean, a political speech. Yeah. She even had like a tagline. Like she fucking killed yeah. it. Like it was super inspiring. Yes. It was an amazing speech. She did, she delivered it up like flawlessly, but it was also like, you definitely try to run. Like, yeah. Yeah. I could see it. I was like, oh. Or she's testing the water. She's, she's dipping her toes. She's like, dipping her toes. Mm-hmm. I want to see what the reactions would yeah. be if I did something yeah. like this. So, like, when I was watching it, um, I, I was with several people. And people were, like, were talking throughout the whole award show. Like, you know, not paying attention. But when, when she went to speak, right? I yeah. went to, like, quiet it down and, like, listen to her. Paid attention. And, yeah. Like, I... We can't, I don't, like, we can't say anything about it because you just have to watch it and yeah. listen. Because yes, it's, definitely go watch it. Yes. Go listen. It's, it's nine minutes long. It's a rousing, inspiring yeah. right. speech. And she, she, she played on everything. She played on her past, her family, her, you know, like, you know, how she came up in the industry. It was yes. so good. And she yeah. mentioned, like, Racy Taylor, who, mm-hmm. a woman who was, who had suffered, like, sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Right. during the Jim Crow era yeah. and couldn't speak up yeah. and how Rosa Parks was the investigator of her case yeah. and that, you know, paved the way for her becoming such a big activist. Yeah. And that she died like a few days ago. Yeah. Over a week ago, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, I mean, yeah. completely uh, inspiring speech that I think really galvanized a lot of people and got a lot of people to just... believe and like, like have hope. Yes. You know? Yes. Yes. It, it's the speech that you would hope a president would give. Like, it, I mean, if I'm yeah. just going to be honest, that's what it boils down to. You would hope a president can give a hopeful speech like that can, yeah. that can inspire you and make you feel hopeful. That like, is like the type shows... of speech you give at the D, like at the national convention. Yeah. yeah like yeah, it was exactly. literally. <laughs> yeah. It just like shows how much words matter, yes. you know, and yeah. that she's such a, like a great orator and eloquent and also with resolve, um, just say this mm-hmm. and, yeah um what else what do you guys i mean anything else that you want to well so um i I guess this brings up a lot of interesting questions and before we get into what a potential you know oprah 2020 uh, run could look like um how do we feel the golden globes handled the me too movement and handled 
um, you know, the sexual allegations that have rocked Hollywood. Because, I mean, this is what Oprah pretty much, like, touched on in her speech. Your time is up. Yeah. So, wait, before we get to that, um, right after she says her speech and Mm -hmm. got her award and all that, um, Natalie Portman. Oh, yes. And that's that's part of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Came after her with um, Ron Howard to Mm -hmm. present Best Director. Yes. And Natalie Portman was like, and here are the male nominees. Yes. All male 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 nominees. nominees. Yeah. Which is just terrible. And also insulting in a year when we had such strong female directors who fucking killed it this year. Lady Bird won. Lady fucking Bird, dog. Wonder Woman, come on. Where was Mudbound? Yeah. where, where were all, even where get were, out like Jordan Peele even yeah. himself didn't get nominated yeah um, like where was Jordan Peele's nomination yeah yeah I, I mean there's a lot of ways where like you see the Golden Globes like be progressive in ways but still not yeah. in a lot of yeah. other ways they um, classify get out as a comedy yeah, <laughs> yeah. and three billboards winning which I don't want to get into but it's a film have you guys seen it I have no. seen it yeah or I don't want to like reduce the movie to this but it's a film where a racist cop gets redemption. Dude, but, well, yeah. it's it's more. Yeah, I don't want to read. Yeah, it's it more. It's far more complicated <laughs> yeah. than that. I will say it's an excellent film. I don't think it's any more excellent than any yeah. of the other films there. Yeah. Um, I definitely think it's like if I'm just gonna be honest and not to be really negative, but it's like a knockoff Coen Brother movie. I'm yeah. just gonna be honest and real about it. Uh, <laughs> but I did uh, enjoy a lot of aspects of it. But yeah, that winning was really. Odd. That's weird. That's like and oh, weird. Okay. What? Yeah. Yeah. That that was kind of strange. Yeah. Um, so I didn't like I didn't care about the war, like who won that much so much as like how mm-hmm. Edgar said like how they dealt with the Me Too movement. Right. And right. and all eyes to the Oscars now after we yeah. saw how the Golden Globes did it. Yeah. And like I've read plenty of criticisms online after the show about how you know there are many people there in the audience who are wearing black and it's like okay that's all that's my contribution to this whole thing and who are like actors who are still working with like you know Woody Allen mm-hmm. um yeah. and have not said anything about it right and, and he, how, I mean even like Meryl Streep's own particularly close relationship with Harvey Weinstein yeah. which is problematic for a lot of people and like the fact that um like people are hypocrites, you know? Mm-hmm. That's, like, the main criticism. Like, oh, everyone there is, like, hi- hypocritical. And, but I don't know. There's just, just a lot. And you know yeah. for sure, and this is just really some dark, cynical stuff I'm about to spew, but you know for sure that some of those guys there who are, like, championing... They're uh, wearing their Time's their Up Time's Up. Yeah. Uh, cough, cough, James Franco most recently. But, yeah, um, yeah I mean... And, just... Yeah, yeah, like, when Oprah tells her speech, you can probably, like, they probably are feeling very nervous about... You know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. It's interesting because, one, the whole time, like, Time's Up is actually an organization made by female Hollywood celebrities, a whole bunch of them, to raise money for people who have experienced sexual assault and harassment in the workplace who don't have the funds to have, to take legal action. Mm -hmm. And so basically raising money for them. And all of the women who are part of that Me Too, um, or who are part of the Time's Up organization, actually had their dates were activists yes. to the event. So um, the woman who started the Me Too movement, Tamara Burke, was there. Yeah. Um, there was a human rights lawyer. There was a workers' rights activist. Um, there were activists championing, you know, uh, LGBTQ youth um, 
but the thing, especially like yeah. LGBTQ mm-hmm. youth of color, um, and like there was a very like succinct effort on the red carpet not to talk about fashion that night. That's why everyone wore black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that the focus wouldn't be on fashion, the focus would be on the movement yeah, and talking yeah. right, about right. all of that. But I think like where what you were saying, like the hypocritical, like Deborah Messing called out E on the carpet for on the red carpet for being like, oh well your organization doesn't pay pay yeah. um that. you know, their correspondence yeah. equal rates. Um and so I guess all of that setup is just to say, like, once again, even Seth Meyers, like, sort of hinted at this, but once again, the burden is on women to, like, yeah. make change and carry the movement. Right. Even, like, Seth Meyers is like, I can't wait to see where the women lead us, which is a nice sentiment on the surface, but it's also just, like, I feel like there was a lot of, at least the men that night, there was a lot of just like, oh, I'm going to wear my time's up yeah. thing, and that's all I'm going to do. <laughs> yeah. Which is, I think it's a waste. Yeah, but, uh, but um, Oprah herself was like, um, all the women, but also all the men who listen yeah. right. to the women, basically, which is yeah. like great. But um, when you're mentioning the activists, like, you know, like famous people having activists as their, their guests come, mm-hmm. but they don't, like they just sat there in the award show, but I think the purpose was to bring them on the red carpet so that they can oh, talk, talk during before, the interviews. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would find it more effective if, like, you know, um, they actually did something during the show. Yeah, like during yeah. acceptance speeches, like bring them up to talk about exactly their yeah. organization because there was one actor who did it in the past when Marlon Brando won an yeah, award Brando, and yeah. most famous brought the Indian the Native award, American yeah, to woman. yeah yeah no I agree. But it was like a lost opportunity, but yeah, yeah. it's not a perfect role. <laughs> yeah, but um, let's end on Oprah. It's the biggest story and shining light of the night. Um, How do y'all feel about an Oprah? And so after the speech, everyone's like, Oprah 2020. Yeah. How so, do we feel about this? Like, like jo- <laughs> jokingly, I was like, Oprah, can she be president now? Because I want her to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, but... Yeah. Um, yeah, go on, sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, you know, it's after the speech, a lot of people were like, okay, Oprah 2020, why not? Like, let's see this. And then there's like, so a, a lot happened. And a lot of people, were, there was this outpouring of support where people were like, yes, why the fuck not? If Donald Trump can be president, why the fuck not Oprah? And then, of course, you also had uh, different voices saying, um, whoa, 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 like, hold on. Like, we get the sentiment. <laughs> we understand you're feeling good about the speech and you're feeling good about all this, but we can do better than a celebrity president and we can do better than Oprah uh, to meet Donald Trump. Is Oprah really, truly the anti-Trump, the antidote to Trump? And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so how do we feel about all this? And of course, um, sources close to Oprah have said that she is mulling over a potential presidential run. And I'm sure the uh, um, reactions to her speech are you know, guiding her decision. Mm-hmm. So how do we feel about this? Olivia, yeah. I feel like you have a lot to say. So I mean, I'm gonna... I, I understand it. We've talked a lot just like offline about yeah. the fact that what what seems to be important now is like a cult of personality yes. more than like actual political experience. Right. So I don't know. I go back and forth where I'm just kind of like, Oprah will be better than Trump. 
Yes, right? like, well, certainly. Even, yeah, even yeah like, literally not. anyone could be better than Trump, so why not Oprah? Like, yeah. even if she is a billion, another... I feel like it's unfair to equate her with Donald Trump as being just, like, another billionaire. No, um, no, yeah. You, you know, just another billionaire celebrity who's trying to, like, be president. I feel like that's really unfair, especially since Oprah has always, you know, has always been act, an active activist. Huh? Um has always championed women of color. Um, I think that's really unfair to just like lump them into the same camp. Um, But on the other hand, I, you know, I think a lot of us are really wary now, especially Democrats, about sort of pushing someone who doesn't have any political experience. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that is also an issue and that's something that needs to be explored. So I don't know. I go back and forth. Because then you also, like, politicians are also not great anyway. No, exactly. So, like, so, exactly. It's just like, you know, somebody has to start, you know, you have to start somewhere in politics. And yeah. Oprah will be far away better than Trump. But I also feel like Oprah's a pretty, I'm like a very progressive, like I'm a very liberal progressive. And Oprah is still kind of like too middle of the road for me personally. So mm-hmm. if there was like another liberal progressive candidate, I'd have to, I basically have to look at their platforms. I'm going to be that person yeah. and say I have to look yeah. at their platforms. But I do think it's unfair to lump Oprah and Trump into the same camp and be like, we shouldn't have another, like, we should have a politician, not a billion, like, not a celebrity billionaire, because I think that's just unfair to Oprah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like you said, we've had these o- offline conversations, and that's something that I struggle with and that I think about, this cult of personality, and I go between, you know what, it does not matter who we get to go against Trump as long as we get him out. And if we can get someone like Oprah who can galvanize people, who can get people to yeah. vote for right, her, yeah. fuck it, who cares? We'll give her the best people. Because at the end of the day, that's what Democrats need. We'll support need. Yeah. her. Yeah, because yeah. it's like, let's not play games anymore. Like, let's fucking win. And if Oprah's the key to win, then fuck it, let's go with Oprah. I'm not saying that's the best way of going about things, and there are things about Oprah that do concern me, her close relationship with a lot of pseudoscience, especially during her time yes. as a talk show host. Yeah. Um, like, anyone. like o- Oprah's not perfect yeah. by any stretch of, the, stretch of the imagination, but nobody is perfect, and Oprah is someone who it, it wants to better humanity and wants to better people, and I would rather have someone like that in office, even if they had zero political experience and yeah. could be eaten alive by Washington, than someone like Donald Trump. But let's be real, Oprah would not be eaten alive by Washington. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, that's what we—that's what I strongly believe, and I hope. But you—you you never know. But at, at the end of the day, I'm—I'm I'm on the side of. I don't fucking care. Whatever Let's get Donald Trump. Whatever gets him out. I'm not saying that's the right way of being about it, but also, I, you know, I don't have the liberty of someone like a white person who's not really affected by Donald Trump at the end of the day to think that, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And correct me if I'm wrong, but like, I think all of us are past the point of like, idealis- you know, like just be, just being idealized at this point. We're just kind of like, all right, it's like, grit like we just got to do what we got to do yeah right um i basically agree with both you guys um i'm down for her as president stanley is voting oprah 2020 yeah and the fact like maybe she'll run for senate first we don't know yeah Yeah. we don't know governor i don't know and i like true she doesn't have political experience but it really doesn't like 
I won't it say that's a ma- it does matter. Right? It doesn't. No, it doesn't because Donald Trump no. wouldn't yeah, remember. Yeah. Yeah. In our world, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yes. And there are people like who are saying like, oh, she doesn't have political experience, but like, is the irony lost on them that <laughs> Trump is currently president? Yeah. You know, like anything can anyone. Can it's be the better. same people. The same people who say that shit are the same people who said Donald Trump would never win the presidency. Exactly. And then like refuse to acknowledge that the motherfucker is in office right, right now. Right now. Yeah. Man, people are angry that a woman of color made an amazing speech that sounded political. Yeah. Like yeah. people are just mad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A- People are mad that specifically a black woman made yeah. an amazing speech that sounded political. And so, like, you know. And she's, like, a true rags to riches story. Like, she... Yeah. Yeah. Literally poor. came from the working class. Yeah. From nothing to a billionaire. Oprah. A self-made. Like, Oprah is a brand. Billionaire, yeah. Yeah. Who has her own network and... Stuff. Yeah. yeah, and uh, unlike Trump, I truly believe Oprah could actually fund her fucking campaign. Yeah, unlike Trump was unwilling to do. And she would release do. her taxes. And yeah. she would release her taxes. Um, so I, I'm not putting it out of the question. I'm with Stanley. I will be voting Oprah 2020 if the world comes down to that. Now, if we come down to something else, we'll discuss. We'll talk. Yeah. But for now, yeah, I think all of us are agreed. As long as it's not. Like, whoever gets Trump out of office, yeah, he's like, got to do it. At this point, politics seemed like a joke, yeah. you know? It's, and it kind of is, though. It, it is. It is. And, like, having Oprah will actually, like, yeah, yeah, make it strong. I don't know. Yeah. I don't I mean, know what I'm saying. I don't know. <laughs> and also, I, I, I keep saying, like, people, you keep forgetting, we literally had a celebrity as president before Donald Trump or Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Like, yeah. a well-beloved president not in my book but in a lot of people's books Schwarzenegger was governor like lots of celebrities become politicians well and and the other thing is just because you're a celebrity doesn't mean you can't be like an intelligent politician or you can't train to be a lot of people had all those arguments for Obama he was an untrained untested politician and you know he became uh, um, generally like a president who kept our country from you know exploding nuclear war <laughs> so uh yeah that's where we are at um anyways that has been our episode for the week um first episode of the year pretty awesome yeah. we're we're, we're, gonna we're sorry get... for the depressing start yeah. with the host yeah yeah totally well, we ended on a on right note. note we sure Oprah. did like we sure oprah did. did with her speech exactly hey. exactly um, bring it around <laughs> yes so um with this new year also means that we're going to be trying a lot of new things on our show um actually for next episode we kind of have an interesting thing planned oh yeah yeah we're going yeah, yeah. to try out um so we're going to be just experimenting and seeing what happens with the format and um i'm just excited because i think we have a lot of cool things to do and yeah that we can share and offer uh so stay tuned and share the podcast uh, uh rate us review us follow us on our social media at minority pod except facebook where we are the whole thing the minority report podcast leave comments we love them yes. we always freak out we always freak out when we get them and yeah, it's that, great yeah it's great to get when we've, we've gotten a few from people like we have no connections to and we're like what this is amazing so we all love of us it. like double time yeah. like do you know this do person, you know this person? <laughs> do you have a, like yeah a connection Every to this person somehow one. uh so thank you everybody um and we'll be back next week all right bye bye, bye.